Good evening to all you quarantine cool cats and kittens. Do you have the I ain't got nothing left to stream and watch blues? Well, tonight on Whiskey Business, we got the cure for what ails you. George Wolf and Hope Madden, movie critics, movie critics, <laughs> extraordinaire. Tonight on Whiskey Business, have another drink, Dean. Hi, everybody. Dino Chapotis from Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And welcome to, I believe, our fourth remote broadcast as we are all still staying at home and being vigilant and doing everything we can to get past this situation, this pandemic, this crisis that is affecting our entire country. And we appreciate you joining us on Facebook Live tonight. Uh, as a result of that, you'll get some extra special treats that uh, everybody else won't get in the audio version. So thank you so much for, for joining us. It feels like a community. Uh, I hope that this finds you uh, healthy and well. And um, I want to also want to sincerely uh, thank some of the people who have been personally texting me uh, over the course of the last few weeks uh, to see how I'm doing. And I got to be honest with you, uh, I'm doing fine. I really am. I really am. I am doing fine physically. And more importantly, I'm doing fine mentally. <laughs> mentally, I am in very, very good shape. There's nothing to be concerned about. I thought that the that the isolation would probably get to me on some level, but you know what? I find it kind of peaceful to be with my own thoughts and to be by myself. It's okay, it really is. So no need to worry about anything at all. And the productivity aspect of all this is amazing. It really is. You know, you, you find the time to do things that you normally don't get to do. Um, uh, I'm doing more writing, I'm doing more reading, I, uh, I'm getting things done that I never thought I would do in a million years. So I think it's really, really, really good that I'm taking advantage of these isolating moments. One of the things that I've had to curb, and I'm doing it, I'm doing it, it's uh, we're probably all binge eating a little bit more than usual. Well, I have curbed that considerably. I've started a regimen of exercise and I'm taking care of what's going into my body because when this is all said and done, I don't want a whole nother set of problems. So the body is a temple, remember that. The body is a temple. You don't want to mess with the temple. And then by the time the day is done and the night rolls down, I realize that I have a lot to be thankful for. I have loved ones, I have friends, I have family, and I take all those good thoughts with me to bed at night and I sleep like a baby. <laughs> so I hope the same applies to you as well. Welcome to Whiskey Business. It's uh, Greg Hansberry on the audio side. Oh, nicely groomed. Nice uh, to hear for tonight's podcast. Very nice, very nice indeed. And uh, and of course on the video side, uh, there he is, JW John Whitney. There we go. And our guest bottle tonight. Da, 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 da. It's a big plastic jug of JTS Brown. <laughs> yes, this is on the bottom shelf of your favorite liquor store. Well, those bottom bottles that get ignored, don't ignore this one. This one, this big ass plastic bottle 
Retails for about $18.99 a bottle. It comes to us from the good folks at Heaven Hill. JTS Brown has been around for a long time. If you are fortunate enough to find this one bottled in bond, it's really good. And it's on, on its own, ain't bad at all. It says it right there, Kentucky's finest. No, not really. But it's certainly not Kentucky's worst. So, And the reason I picked this is because tonight our theme is uh, movies. Movies that you you think you've streamed everything this evening, and our and our very special guest who we'll meet here in just a second once again, uh, George Wolf and Hope Madden will be joining us. Um, if anybody knows what to stream, they will come across some things that maybe you have not taken advantage of, and what is really good and worth streaming. But uh, I picked this one tonight because it's a movie. It's a movie bottle. This is what Jackie Gleason drank in the movie The Hustler with Paul Newman. So. If you're looking for a classic that's got this whiskey in it, that would be the one. So that is our, our guest bottle for this evening. And I made a mistake. It is our, our 120, I believe, eighth bottle. I said 100 or 127th. I forgot to put Parker's in, on there on the list when I wrote it down. So I, I spoke in error last week. Uh, so we're getting close to 130 bottles. So there we go. Um, we've opened things up. You're, if you're just joining us for the very first time on Whiskey Business, you're in for a treat. Let's get to it, shall we? Let's meet our very special guests for tonight from the screening room, from Fright Club, MadWolf.com, what I consider to be the premier movie critics in central Ohio. And if anybody is tuning in from other parts of the country or the world, these two are the ones that you should check out. They know their stuff. George Wolf. And Hope Madden, welcome back to Whiskey Business. Thank, Thank you, guys. You. How are you? How are you? How are you surviving this 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 real life horror film? <laughs> well, honestly, uh, I've prepared my whole life for the zombie apocalypse, so this apocalypse is kind of a yawn. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, right. It, life isn't that much different for you. Not for me. No, <laughs> I don't ever really leave my house anyway. So. <laughs> I have to get Chipotle to go now. Other than that, it's basically the same. Right, right. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna title this podcast when, when we actually uh, put it up on on Monday. I'm gonna call it "Stream a Little Stream for Me" oh. because because we're gonna talk about uh, movies that are available for streaming. I've heard from a lot of people. Man, I've watched everything. There's nothing left to watch. I, I, you know, it's just like, or and I know that they're breezing by titles. And some of those titles, I think, might actually pop up in tonight's conversation with you guys that they're probably ignoring, or maybe just because the title of the film it might might be a uh, eh, uh, that doesn't sound good to me, uh, whatever the case might be. But we're gonna we're gonna set them straight. We're gonna talk about what you guys think should, we, people should be watching on Netflix, uh, Hulu, and uh, Amazon. Yes, yep. did I get that? I'll, I'll yeah, the best. It, it took a couple of weeks, I think, to get going now, but now they're really are a lot more brand new movies coming to streaming. Uh, they're, they're smaller movies, a lot of them, except for just this last week, we had the big uh, release of Trolls World Tour. But other than that, there's some really good smaller movies that are going right to streaming that are that are worth that are worth checking out. Yeah. Okay, and let's let's start with that because that was a, what you got there. Oh, Hansberry wants to do his business. I had a business. I'm sorry, I got right into the content. You no, would think I'm, after 20 episodes, I, I would figure that out. I think I have some glitter. You do. I got some glitter. When I have a, a five-year-old daughter, you sometimes you just end up with glitter on your face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> glitter, glitter, but not, not something else. It's glitter. It's glitter. Okay. 
Uh, subscribe to Whiskey Business on your favorite podcasting app, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart. Um, of course, on Facebook, if you're watching us right now, uh, go ahead and share this stream with all your fr friends. Uh, we appreciate that. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Plus, all of this and more can be found at our new uh, website, whiskeybusinesspod.com. That's it. Get back to the, the fun stuff. Okay. I'm sorry. I should have yeah. gotten yeah. to that earlier. But I get so excited when, when, when George and Hope are on because they have so much to talk about <laughs> and so much to share. And I want to start with that. When Trolls... Uh, debuted. Um, that was kind of like the first big, big movie that they decided was going to go boom straight to the people. And years ago, I'd say as as as, as many as five, uh, a lot of people were bemoaning and 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 preaching that going to the theaters was going to die. And this this what happened on Friday was the future, and now it's here. So do you think that this is that that this and I saw that the, the numbers are really, really good, that they, they made a lot of money. Yeah. Releasing the film this way. I don't know how it equates to box office success, but I know it was successful. So is this going to be uh, the future on some level? I, I think it could be because think about it. They were charging twenty dollars for the for the 30 day rental. So. Okay. On its face, you're thinking twenty dollars, but but if you've got a family, if you've got a, a family of four, and then you're not paying for food or drinks or anything, that that's a bargain. And then you still get to watch it for kids who want to watch things multiple times. You yeah. get to watch it for thirty days. So really, for a lot of people, um, it could be a bargain. And it's a it's a fine film. I liked it better than the first Trolls myself. I thought it was funnier uh, for adults to enjoy. So you know, I think there's a lot of aspects of society that are going to be forever or for, for a, a good ways altered by what we're going through right now. And this, and I don't think movies are, are going to be any different. They're going to be affected as well, at least in some small ways. So you could see more of this for sure. Yeah. Is it, the, is it the death? We Go ahead, Hansberry. Yeah, we rented it with the kids. And I this was the first movie that I can remember that any of my kids ever, I think ever, we're like excited about. They were talking about it a week ahead of time because they knew they heard of the buzz and they go, "We want to watch Trolls too." And to your point, I was like, "Sure, twenty bucks as opposed to loading them in the car, sneaking the popcorn in, all that stuff." Uh -huh. and, and I fell asleep and, and was able to go back and watch a couple of the parts later. <laughs> it was a win-win. Uh, but yeah, I think that generation, maybe my my daughter's five, she's not going to know any different. She's going to grow up knowing I can watch any movie that I want at any time I want. That's just going to be, I think the future for sure. Is it, is it the death bell for movie theaters though? Well, there are a couple things. I mean, um, a, a film like, you know, um, any of the Avengers movies, the new, you know, black widow that was supposed to have come out next month. Um, they cannot possibly make back what they made, what they spent to make the film because piracy will happen the moment it is available. And even if it didn't, you, they, can't, you, they can't sell enough. They require box office to make back the $300 million they spent just making those films. So, so if, if this does become like the, you know, the new paradigm for, for cinema, we're gonna see a massive shift yeah, back away from these $300 million films towards something because, you know, an animated Trolls movie, they mainly just spent money on getting Justin Timberlake, right? I mean, it's just vocal talent. It's nothing, right. not the effects and it's not the locations. And so, um, I, I, you know, I have to think that 
you know, it may be what Spielberg said several years ago is that cinema is going to turn into something that's more like, you know, a concert event, like a big massive event, which at the time I didn't think was gonna happen, but at the time I didn't think there was gonna be a pandemic between them. Right, and yeah. Exactly. I keep thinking back to that interview as well. It was Spielberg, it was Scorsese, and then somebody else who said they saw a future of movies costing $75. It was an event, it was like she said, like it was a concert or a, or a sporting event, and boy, at the time, I kind of poo-pooed it too, but boy, every time something happens to inch it a little bit closer, where that event would be the Avengers movies. Right. And the rest of the movies, like many that we're gonna talk about here tonight, go straight, go straight to the stream. So it seems like we're taking another step toward that. Well, the other thing is that uh, I think a, a, an enormous number of movie theaters are not going to survive this. And even if they were to, the theaters that have 23, 25 screens, they're not gonna have content when we come out of this because you can't make movies right now. So there right. was a log jam of the big massive films, Mulan and you know, uh, Black, Widow. Black Widow, all of those. There'll be a log jam when we can finally show movies again, but all the lower budget independent films, they will already have come out, right? They didn't have to wait. So they will have and already been on streaming and then it'll, it'll, we'll hit a, we'll hit a lag. So, so it's funny, this is gonna be the first time in the history of the world where single screen theaters are in the best position because they're not gonna run out of content. But Lennox, oh, yeah. right, uh, Easton? Right. Well, I saw that AMC was yeah. probably for, for bankruptcy. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and can a company like AMC, is that is that one of those theater companies that, uh, to put it in in, in uh, uh, automotive terms, is that a company that's that's too big to fail in this, no. in this industry? No. No, no, no movie theaters are too big to fail because they, they were they were having a really tough time getting by to begin with. Did you guys uh, go to the uh, Easton Dreamscape thing? Did you yeah. try that, George? Did. Yeah. For those of people who don't know, it's like a virtual reality yeah. film experience. Um, yeah. So maybe things more like that are are, are going to be more um, like a destination, an event type of, of uh, an attraction, kind of like the thing. Yeah, well, that takes us again more down the road toward an an event more than just a go going out to the movies. So um, it's 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 going to be it's going to be different. But yeah, I was going to bring that up. The AMC chain is already talking about not being able to survive this. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So is this is this a gift? Strange word, but is this a gift for the smaller films, the independent films, this time period right now? Do you think uh, do you think that the more people will see these films than than they would have normally because yeah. they are streaming and going immediately to video on demand? Yeah. So is this is this is this you know um, a kind of cinematic gift for those filmmakers? You no, know, I know that it's going to be a difficult time, especially for because um, you know so many smaller films. I mean, you guys always did the festival circuit. So many smaller films get attention. I believe eighth bottle. I don't know what that what was. Uh, what that? the hell was that? I well, don't you're know. hearing voices, so there they are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good. It wasn't just me. Woo! <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, film festivals not running, you know, that that's right. that's a that's a big obstacle for small independent movies, like really, really small ones. That's where so many of them finally find a distributor. Uh, so it's, it's a really, I mean, it's just a, the landscape is shifting for everything. But on the whole, um, especially because all the streaming services, because 
Films aren't in production. TV shows aren't in production. Nothing's in production. The longer this yeah. lasts, the more desperate people are going to become to be able to offer something that people will pay for. So you got to think maybe that there are some of those films that normally would not make it theatrical that they just kind of shelve that they would actually say, well, we got to put something out. Definitely. And then no they, question about oh, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No you, question about yeah. it. Sure. Who is this movie? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and does that desperateness lower your standards as far as what you'll watch? I'm talking to you two, Hope and George, specifically. Because <laughs> you, you watch a lot of stuff and you review a lot of stuff. Um, so it, it lowered our standards in because we actually watched Tiger King. We did. Uh, <laughs> that is very, very unlike us. Anybody that knows us and knows how much they've you, you, you pitch a uh, TV show to us, all right. the new ones over the last 10 or so years, you know, we've never watched any of them, Breaking Bad or whatever. I'm sure they're great. We just, we have not had any time because, uh, just because of all the movies, but God help us, we watched every episode of Tiger King. Uh, so that, that's our, that's our standard lowering, I think. And if you think it, if, it, if you think it gets made into a feature film at some point, um, I'm sure you had to have discussed this. Who would play the Tiger King? Who would play the Tiger King? Um, we Jim have, Dangle? We have not discussed Did you that. You and Jim Dangle from Reno 911, wouldn't he? Uh, Thomas Tiger Lennon, King? is that his name? Yeah. I hope mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting choice. Interesting choice. Yeah, there we go. Because, yeah, we never did discuss that. No. But, um, but on the I'm other surprised. hand, we've actually. We've actually been up, upping our standards because we've been going down. We've been going down the list of the uh, AFI, the American Film Institute, top 100 movies of all time, and just checking out anything. We go down the list. Anything one or both of us haven't seen, we see it. So I'm su I'm surprised that there are films on that list that you two have not seen. Yeah, there's there about I think there are about 14. Um, 14 out of 100 that you did not see. AFI's yeah. 100 years, 100 cheers. Oh my gosh, that list has changed quite a bit yeah. in recent years. Yeah, they've changed in the last few years. Yeah. I don't see the Godfather. Where's the Godfather? That was up near the way, the way near the top, wasn't it? Well, I didn't I'd go back, Kansbury. Go back. Go back. Go back. No. It's me. It's me. You gotta call it out to me. John, um, I'm sorry, John. Sorry. No. One, two, three, four. It's not, I don't even see it in the top ten. No, this list is this list is bullshit. Well, it is a little bit funny because for example, um, the what Vertigo was number one not too long ago. Um, Citizen Kane was number one before that. Neither of those right. are in the top ten, uh, and yes. it's not because more recent films have knocked them out because they're not. So it, it does change it, a lot. It does change, but uh, so that's been fun going back and seeing some classics. Yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching Whitney scroll down the list. I still haven't seen it. It's where is it? You might not. I don't see it, dude. It's not on the list. Wow. But Pinocchio is. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's it? It said 100. Is it a different list? Yeah. Uh, 100, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100, 100 years, 100 cheers. Is that like yeah. a, whole yeah. different, a different type of. Oh, and most inspiring films yeah. of okay. all time. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah. Everybody settle back uh, down. <laughs> Everybody settle back well, down. Pinocchio needs to be higher on the list. Okay. That's a, not that I don't think The Godfather is not an inspiring film. Trust me, it had Fire quite the effect on me over the years. There um, it is. There you go. That's, that's my list. Yeah. That's my list. All right. All right. Uh, 
AFI aside, let's talk about some of the, you mentioned Trolls 3 as far as new movies that are sh- actually streaming that people can see. And you got a couple of other ones that you think are, are, are high on your list that people should check out. So let's get to those. Uh, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Yeah, I thought that was a, a just a great movie, a brutally honest about a, a, a teenager who becomes pregnant and uh, how she fights to have control over her own life and her own body. It's incredibly timely and it's told in such a brutally honest way and it's got the the, the main uh girl there in the picture and i'm sorry i forget her name she's a brand new actress she's actually a musician first but she was found for this movie and she's phenomenal there's a especially there's a scene where she's talking to a social worker and that's where the title comes in the social worker is off camera and asks her to respond to a series of questions with either never rarely sometimes or always and they just keep the camera on her face for an extended take as she is being having to relive some very painful things in her life and it will just break your heart and it's it's so so touching um in in a way that uh, is is hesitant told with a type of honesty you rarely see and actually what's also very encouraging about this movie is that it is rated pg-13 even though it's extremely adult i guess in its subject matter it's it's able to be seen by maybe the people that need to see it and discuss it the most so it's 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 very hopeful in that way too and we can't recommend that enough and uh, this is streaming on that, definitely on prime um, uh, i think yeah, on the amazon prime pod as well but I, it's definitely on prime yeah it's really really good obviously is it, is it directed by anybody that we're familiar with or is well, her somebody eliza her name's eliza hitman she did uh this i mean this is her third feature she did a, a movie uh, i liked a lot called it felt like love a few years ago beach rats and then beach rats so smaller it. movies but she has a real perspective a real way of framing things and an honesty that that i just love we both love yeah. and the other one is the other lamb i'm yeah. not familiar with the other lamb um, it's a horror movie. Um, ah, there we go. No <laughs> now back into your wheelhouse. That's right. It's so yeah. good. It, it, it was so, it's, it's so, it's such a visual nightmare. It's really beautifully shot. And, um, it's a kind of a coming of age tale about a young woman who lives in a, a cult the, that's all female except for the shepherd. And um, and it just unveils what you need to know as it goes along. It's a little bit hallucinogenic. It's absolutely gorgeous to mm-hmm. watch mm-hmm. and really quite surprising. Uh, I was I was fascinated from beginning to end. I can't what? begin to to um, uh, pronounce the filmmaker's name. So don't ask me. Good. <laughs> I'm glad you finally have a filmmaker's name that you can't pronounce because normally that falls on me. So yay, yay, yay. Let me ask you both when it respects because I know I know I know horror is is kind of your, your guys' favorite, you know, when you pick a genre. So what what what's what's a horror movie have to sign off on in order to get your seal of approval? You, you know, because I, I know I know you guys like like all types of horror. So, but are there some basic things that, that you need to sign off on for say to get that thumbs up from you guys? I think I like more of it than George likes. George does not. I'm I'm more of a horror snob. He he. There's no such uh, thing as ironic pleasure for George. And um, <laughs> you know, slugs from 1988. And I do. Oh, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Um, but I think number one thing is, uh, am I surprised by anything? Right? Because that's. I mean, that's tough if for any film. But I mean, I've seen thousands and thousands of horror movies. 
so it's, it is hard to do something that I don't see coming. And so that gets an extra star right there, mm -hmm. you know, um, um, I, I tend to like gravitate things that are more psychological that, that, that mm -hmm. freak me out in my mind than, you know, how many times can you see someone, you know, get stabbed or whatever. Um, right. A lot of the times I'm not in for jump scares. What happened here? The lights went off. But, uh, Jordan oh, oh, man. That's well, kind of creepy. That is kind of creepy. Yeah. But uh, okay. yeah, like, psychological. There's stuff. someone in the house. There's someone in the house. Tiber. <laughs> oh, someone gets murdered in the middle of a, of a uh, podcast uh, table. Don't even joke, man. Don't even joke. I, I just got goosebumps when you said that. What what the hell happened? I think our the the overhead light went out. I don't know. Yeah. So now we just have bad lighting. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, you, got you and you and Bernie Sanders. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> this is the time I'd remind everyone there's an audio podcast available on your favorite podcasting app. There we go. There we go. Okay. There we go. All right. Oh, oh my ah! God. <laughs> and this one out too. There we go. This is freaking me out. All right. This is going to, then it's going to go black again, and there's only going to be one of them left. That's right. Some yeah. hood guy behind them just standing there after the right. lights go back on. Seriously, is somebody making a note? Somebody, somebody make a note. This should be in a this should be in a horror film script of some sort. That is just creepy. Wow. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh ew, I got the chills on that for a second. Okay, let's uh we're, I I I don't want to get bogged down with too much stuff because I got a I got a I got a lot I want to go through. Let's uh let's hit the uh uh, the main streaming services and what you guys like best. Let's start with uh, with Prime. Uh, obviously, you got Parasite on there, the Academy yeah. Award winner, right? Yeah. So that one's that's something that everybody should check out. And yes, you do have to read people. You have to read the <laughs> subtitles. But uh, you also have a couple other other films by him uh, that are available on Hulu as well uh, that, that we'll get to in here in just a moment. But Parasite. Um, for those who don't know what the basic premise is about that, go ahead and tell them why they should watch that one. Check it out. Well, it's uh, it's just, you know, last year was a great year for looking at uh, uh, classism and sort of, you know, the haves and the have nots. And of all of the films last year that did it, Parasite did it the best, partly because it was constantly a surprise. The movie, the entire film changed like every three scenes to something that you didn't know you were watching. And I think one of the things that Bong Joon-ho does better than any filmmaker is he complicates a simple plot so that you're you're always like mesmerized, but always a little lost also. But it all comes together beautifully. Yeah, what's great is because a few minutes into it, you think, oh, okay, I get what who the parasite yeah. is. No, you don't. Yeah. And then it goes no. a little further and oh, now, now I, I get, get it. no, you don't. Yeah. And it and keeps throwing things at you. It's brilliant. It's just brilliant. That's what, I, that's what I did love about it right from the get-go because I thought I was settling into something that, okay, I got this. And no, no, I didn't. Uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Oh, my Lord. So Birds of Prey, this is a film that uh, benefited from incredibly low expectations. We didn't want to see it. Um, uh, and uh, part of the reason is that it is uh, Suicide Squad sequel, and Suicide Squad was so terrible. And it was not it, good. Is it the the trailer was just awful? Um, but it turns out that it is an incredibly fun, very R-rated action movie, and um, and the action itself, on the whole, was not done with stunts. It was done by the the, the core cast. 
And there are a couple of these action sequences that are absolutely glorious. There's one, it's at a kind of a carnival, and um, and uh, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead is beating this guy up as they slide down a slide together. And what you realize is that <laughs> is that there's a camera guy sliding backwards right in front of them, filming the whole thing. Um, yeah. Just a really visceral, fun film. Good word, visceral. I like that word. That that's a good description of it. That's a good description of it. Yeah, I didn't like Suicide Squad at all, and I still have not seen Birds of Prey. So you're saying definitely check it out. Yeah, all right, fair enough. enough. Fair enough. Uh, the Invisible Man. That was one. That was one of these films that was in the theaters, and when all this stuff started to develop, that they that they said, okay, we're yanking it. We're going to push it out to the people sooner than later. Then it would come to to video on demand. And I love. I love Elizabeth Moss. I yeah. think she's great, but I have not seen this movie yet either. So um, I paid for it because of you guys give it such high praise. So I bought it. I paid for you know three ninety nine or whatever a couple months ago or when it first came out. But now I can watch it for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All my money back. Yeah. Jeff what is it? What was it about this particular take on the Invisible Man that you guys like so much? Well, first of all, they they, they flip it on its head because it's not really the, the Invisible Man is not the main character. Obviously, Elizabeth Moss is the main character, and they they make it they they kind of view it through a Me Too lens. She's an abused she's an abused wife, an abused uh, partner, and it really gives it a totally new look to the story. And it also does something that I think is rare. And we talk about me like in horror movies. It has some really effective jump scares. Jump scares can be done so lazily, and these are not. And they so they make you jump. Uh, and 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 get startled, but to, in such a good way. And it's uh, I just think and she you're right. She's fantastic in everything. She she's great in this because first of all, it it picks up. You never really see her get quote unquote abused. You have to believe it just through her her uh, communicating the way she feels, and she's able to do that. You're able to believe her. She's able to give her character those layers without actually seeing it. And that's that's hard to do. And she she does it effortlessly, really. Yeah, I mean it's on the whole, it's a it's a super well put together B movie, elevated to just glory because Elizabeth Moss is one of the best actors working today. Do you still get jump scared hope? I mean, uh, he meant he's he's do you still get you still get startled? Yeah, yeah. This one was, that especially there's there's one in particular. It's a shot sort of coming out of a an attic that and also because I didn't really expect it. Lee Wanell, Lee Wanell is the writer director and he came up with the Saw franchise. I mean, he that's he he writ, wrote those and also the Insidious franchise he wrote and he's one of the co-stars in that. But a couple of years ago he made um Upgrade, which is which was so much better than it had any right to be. It was basically if David Cronenberg made the TV show Knight Rider, that's kind of what upgraded. <laughs> and I was just like, I was so in. And I thought, I can't wait to see what this guy does next. And so I think that's really his sweet spot is just these just B movies that are better than they have any right to be. Well, I'm going to I'm going to chastise you both, since you both love Elizabeth Moss so much, you're missing out on some of her great performances in yeah. both Mad Men which uh, is is available to stream and also The Handmaid's Tale. So maybe maybe if you're going to lean towards streaming something and watching a TV show, you could check out Elizabeth Moss in that. Uh, that's not really chastising you. That's just telling you you're missing out no, on something. She would be a reason to do it because she, whatever, she, whatever she does, she elevates it. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. 
And uh, uh, let's see. I think that's uh, that was oh, and Gretel and Hansel on Prime. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of giving a, a, an old story a new look, uh, yeah. Tell just by flipping flipping the title. Um, that that tells you something right there. And this was done by Oz Perkins, who is the son of Anthony Perkins, and mm -hmm. he has got an incredible visual style. Yeah, he does. Um, it's a you know it's a horror film. It's kind of borderline horror. It's uh. It's PG thirteen. I mean, it's it's I think safe for, for like you know your sort of middle school kids to watch because it is it's basically a coming of age kind of horror and it does flip the script and uh, you know and it follows the, the traditional story of Hansel and Gretel except that as a is it except that Gretel is you know like twelve or thirteen and so when she gets kicked out of the house they're sort of expecting her to figure out her own way of getting around and it's just really it's very um, it doesn't explain anything but she stumbles into this cottage and the woman who plays the witch is so great and uh the movie just really it takes its time but it's as spooky and atmospheric as anything you're going to see this year uh chip was asking where can you see invisible man these movies that we're talking about now are available on amazon prime yep. so uh that that's where you can check those out at um uh, a lot of people. A lot of people are chiming in. Sarah says Mad Men is fantastic. I can't disagree with that. Jamie Sanfilippo mentioned earlier that my uh, cabinet behind me, the shelf, was getting thin. Yeah, you guys are going through movies. I'm going through bottles. <laughs> like like nobody's business. Um, let's get to uh, Hulu. We mentioned Parasite. Uh, one movie that I I loved. I loved. Did not see the theaters. I had to wait and 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 catch it. Uh, this way, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart, oh, yeah. was, Booksmart was one of those movies that was actually just so smart and so funny and so, so good. Yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting because the, I guess the lazy way, the easy way to describe it is super bad with two girls. But but that's that's selling it short because a little it, bit. Yeah. It, yeah. It has its own um, story to tell. And uh, from its own unique uh, point of view, and uh, I thought it was really smartly done, and it features a a tremendous breakout, hilarious performance uh, by Billy Lord, yeah. Carrie Fisher's daughter. She's one of the the standouts of this ensemble, and it's a great ensemble. Um, and it's it's truly enjoyable and funny from start to finish. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's just what it's just hilarious. What is Portrait of a Lady on Fire? I'm not familiar with it. You should watch it. I should watch it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why you're on tonight. That's why yeah. you know, these, these are the things that we, that, that we might be missing that people might look at it. Sometimes people judge by a title and go, eh, you know, pass. So, you know, it's not that I would do that, but this is, what's this about? It's actually from, this is from last year. It's one of the best international foreign films that were now called international films. Uh, uh, do I have to read, George? Come on. What now? <laughs> he doesn't want to read. <laughs> Come on, George. Well, you know what? <laughs> if you don't, the cinematography oh alone God. in this movie is worth the price of admission, but it tells uh, a fantastic story and in very simple, uh, understated terms that in the end just really pack an emotional punch. Yeah, and, it, it, and, and he's right about the cinematography. Every shot is like, you know, uh, is like a painting. It's such a gorgeous film, and it's you know it's an odd story. It's about a, a painter in the late 1800s who uh, a female who goes out to this island to paint the wedding portrait of a young woman who doesn't want to get married, so she doesn't want to have her portrait painted. Which is why they hire a woman 
because they're lying. They're saying she's not going to paint you. We've just hired her to walk on the beach with you and be your companion. As apparently, you know, if you've read any Victorian literature, they did things like that all the time. So then she would have to remember what this woman looks like and then at night go back to her room and quietly paint to try to get this painting uh, done. And it's it's such a fascinating story about memory and about whether your memory is actually better than reality and whether you just want to cling to your memory anyway. That's really. But the other thing that it is, is there's not a man in the film, but this man who he determines everything, right? There's the man this, that she's the, promised she's to. She's promised to. Mm -hmm. he, he doesn't show up. He's not there, but he's just this big shadow over everything. And I thought so much of what was fascinating about the movie is that then on the island, it's really, it's like, what would we do if there were no men anywhere? This is what we would do. And it's just a fascinating <laughs> thing. You know, I mean, you know how many movies you've seen where there is not a female character? You know, I've, I've seen hundreds right. of them, and I'm not complaining right. about that. But you never but see it the other way around. Ever. What about Annihilation? Oh, Annihilation. That one sort of slipped through the cracks. That was, it's more of a sci-fi movie, but for a lot of people, it could qualify as horror because of one, one scene. scene. One scene. <laughs> that really does jump out at you. Yeah. And it will, it, you will probably walk away remembering that one scene. But it's very much of a head trip. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was really, really effective. I yeah. liked it a lot. Yeah. It's so this is on Netflix because I got my notes said it was on Hulu. Is it on? Is it's it on, on both? It's on Hulu. On I think on it's probably on Netflix as well, actually. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. It's a writer director who did Ex Machina, which is just yeah. glorious. If you haven't seen that, do it right away. Yeah. Uh, great. Yep. It's much bigger. You know, it's it's this big sci-fi. Uh, there's uh, there's just this sort of bubble, and uh, when they send Marines or whoever into the bubble to figure out what's going on in there, they never come back out. And the bubble just keeps big, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so finally, uh, the group they all go in this time, they just are all women. It, it's not clear why they're all women. It's like somebody was like, I think we can get back out. And um, and the, the cast is great. It's Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson. I mean, it's but once you're inside the bubble, the way they shift reality is just incredible. Yeah, it reminded me, especially as it got toward the end of a little 2001, yeah. which is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, mm -hmm. so, so it's a little, again, a head trip that way, but, uh, and that one scary scene that you will definitely remember. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, I, I won't hit everything on Netflix, but there's a couple on here that I, I want you guys to, to talk about. Uh, one that, that, that totally got, um, missed last year, uh, the Florida project. Was that last year or the year before? Two I can't years. Remember. Two years huh? Two years, Two years ago. Two years ago. Wow. The Florida Project is available on Netflix. This is one that you guys think that everybody, Willem Dafoe was absolutely amazing in this movie. And um, you guys think this is definitely one that people should check out if they haven't yet. Yes, 100%. It is um, it is such an odd film. And it's really, um, on the one hand, it's just about American poverty in a way that I know I've never seen it uh, depicted. And it's set right outside Disney World in right. Florida. So, mm -hmm. and, it, and it focuses on mm -hmm. like these little kids, these like five-year-old kids uh, and, and kind of playing in the, you know, parking lot of this motel where their, their different parents live and try to get by. And, the, and it's just shot the colors and this sort of overblown Disneyland off brand yep. that you get just past the park creates such a 
grotesque playground where you watch this transpire. And, it, and it's really, in its end, it's about sort of innocence and hope. But it's 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 such a great movie. And yeah, Defoe is remarkable. And the little girl, I believe her name is Brooklyn Prince. Brooklyn Prince. Um, fantastic. Yeah. And she's gone on now. She's had some, she's continuing to, uh, to act. I think this was her debut. Mm -hmm. uh, she's fantastic. Yeah. And when is when is that guy going to win an Oscar? I know. I know. What's he got to do? Right. Poor bastard. I mean, he gets, out, he gets in these great films and these great performances that are in, in small little scene films. But, man, he's, he's, he's overdue. He's Agreed. overdue. For the, for the White House alone, yeah. I mean, last yeah. year. I was going to say, I, uh, I meant to tell you, I, I uh, downloaded uh, The Lighthouse to watch. Yeah. It was, cool. it was a good movie. It was fun. It was, <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Fun? All right. Fun's a good word. That is. Uh, killing of a sacred deer. Now, that's one of those. That's When I said something that some people will just be like, oh, what should I watch? What should I watch? Killing of a sacred deer. That's one that they might just pass. Pass on by. Because wow. uh, the title that, eh. that actually one of the uh, one of the stars in that is the girl who is the main uh, actress in um, the, the other, other lamb. But mm -hmm. the, the main stars here are uh, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, mm -hmm. and it's done by a fantastic filmmaker, if I can pronounce his name right, Yorgos Lanthimos, who did um, who the favorite, the last, favorite year. last year, which everybody saw. But he's he's this story is just so weird. For some people, it could be horrific. Um, it's about these the the two children of of the couple, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman. This strange illness, this strange paralysis befalls them, and they don't know where it's coming from. And then maybe it's the fault of this other young boy who tries to worm his way into their family in some way. You don't know what what about his past is causing him to try to do this, uh, try to affect this family. And it's, it's so weird and atmospheric, but I love this filmmaker. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's a head trip. Yeah, it, is. Uh, it really is. But if yeah. you love that kind of stuff, I, I'd be surprised if you didn't like this. Barry Keegan plays the, the kid who you're not sure what he's doing. And he's so great in this movie. And the movie was shot in Cincinnati. Yeah. No, did not know that. Did not know that. Uh, the death of Stalin and Good Time. Let's. Uh, oh, those are two quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the death of Stalin is it's for me good satire. satire. Another one, another one that people might look at the title and go, eh, pass. right, right. It's a lot more fun than you think. It's so much, <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. It's so hard to do successfully, right? This has a it's a fantastic ensemble cast and it's just just hysterical as they go back and really try to in somewhat of a accurate historical context just make these true life events surrounding Stalin funny and you <laughs> I know I know you think about well, hey, you know what? they they made they, Jojo they made Hitler funny why not Stalin yeah. right why I, not Stalin I, and then you know, then there'll be a Mussolini movie, and we'll just we'll just keep going down with the, you know with 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 bad bad you know people yeah. in history. I, I thought this was just a scream. Some of the best deadpan humor yeah. you're gonna find, and yeah, if you want a good and and really appreciate a good sharply written smart um, social commentary, political commentary satire, you you can't go wrong with the death of Stalin. That's right. All right, and good time. 
Good time is uh, the last one from the Safety Brothers who did Uncut Gems last year. So if you thought Uncut Gems was a good time, then <laughs> uh, and this one is Robert Pattinson, and he he you know he's in some trouble in New York, and he's got to run a lot, and just you know it's, it's, it, their films just make you so anxious, um, and uh, and they're always just they're great. I, I think that you can look up everything the Safety Brothers have done. And Good Time was a great one. And this is another another uh, example where a lot of people still, when they think of either Robert Pattinson or Kristen Stewart, they still think of all Twilight. They both have gone on to make a series of really good, small, independent yeah. movies. And they both have proved themselves extremely yeah. Yeah. talented. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that, but that's our that's our new freaking Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We're all for it. He's he's great. Right. He really is. Yeah, he is. He's great, and he's great in this movie. Um, so yeah, at this point, um, I'm I'm all for whatever he's doing. Uh Brian Stumpo joined us late. He wants to know what the guest bottle is tonight. Brian, it's uh bottom shelf JTS Brown. I picked a movie bottle tonight. Whitney's drinking it. Uh George's it's not bad. It's not bad. No, it's not no, bad. no, 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 no. 18 bucks a bottle. No, no. For 18 bucks a bottle for a big old plastic jug of this. I know Jamie Sanfilippo's tuning in and I told him that this was going to be the guest bottle. So I know Jamie will be sampling some of this before it's all said and done at some point. Once we get past all this bullshit, I'm sure there'll be plenty of it left when you come over. It's always, um, it's always good that when we come on, we, we get the, the behind the tree ornaments. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was, I was talking, we were talking about that. It's so, it's so weird. Like when you guys, I know you guys aren't big bourbon drinkers. I know George likes a little Canadian whiskey and hope you, you enjoy a little vodka, but you like your craft beers and whatnot. And so um, we, we never get like a really good bottle of whiskey when you guys are on because what's the point? And, <laughs> and, 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 and even, and even remotely you're getting the bottom shelf bottle. I think that's wonderful. That's so, but this is this is actually pretty good stuff. So if you see this on the bottom shelf of your favorite liquor store, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, pick it up. It is a liquor value in these <laughs> in, the, in these tight it, times. It really I is. I was suspect. You know, I was suspect, man. And I, and I, I'm into my uh, second glass. Johnny, John Whitney, when would I when would I when would I steer you wrong? When would I steer anybody wrong? <laughs> Trust me, there's some bottom shelf stuff that needs to stay on the bottom shelf and never be picked up by anyone, but not this one, not this one. It's good. All right. Okay. Here we go. Um, Our favorite topic. And it's, I I credit John Whitney for coming up with it. We want to talk about (laughs) just to cheer everybody up. Post-apocalyptic end of the world movies. Uh, Yes. Just in case. Just in case this is it. So what, which ones should we tune into? Uh, we've got, uh, well, that picture in the back of you guys right there, right? From uh, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. That's definitely, that, that's that been one of the best additions. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it an addition or a continuation uh, yeah. to this story, but wow. Yeah. Uh, we, we, talk, we talked about this, I think, when you guys were on a couple of years ago about how it was one of the best movies of the year when we were talking Oscars. Well, we and uh, best, uh, best films of the decade. Uh, to, that, this was our number one film. Um, oh. It's just, wow. yeah, it's, yeah, uh, you it. know, it's, I think the best, the best action movie uh, I've ever seen. Uh, it's, you know, it, it takes everything that was great about the Mad Max films, mm-hmm. you know, which especially the second Mad Max film where you're just moving forward the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, not only 
uh, is Tom Hardy a great Max? But oh my God, Furiosa! She owns that movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then that thing on his face. George hates that thing on his face so much. I, yeah, talking about Matt, Matt, Max when he when he has the uh, right there in the picture before he, until he got that off, it just bothered me so much. He's got to get that off. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> You know, and I've heard people say, well, it's nothing but a car chase. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's a it, it's an, yeah, it's an amazing exactly what it is. car chase. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Mad Max, uh, Snowpiercer, which is actually being made into a television series. Yeah, it it's that's and also yes, it is. who did that. Right? And right. when it came out, it just got shoved. I think there was some, it was part of the Harvey Weinstein debacle that he he had it in for somebody and he just shelved it. It didn't get the attention or the release it deserved at the time, no. but it's the, uh, the the big screen version of a graphic novel. And I'm not familiar with the graphic novel, but I thought the movie was fantastic and um, how it slowly goes from car to car and ratchets up the tension as the people in the back. Again, it's a class like Bon Junho likes to do. It's a study of yeah. class as the people in the back are moving up one car by one car as you get to the front. It's I loved it. I got to tell you, um, this is one of the first films that actually did a uh, dual release, right? In theatrical yes. and online. Same day, yep. And that weekend, I said, what the hell is this? And I watched it. I was, boof, my, yeah. my brain exploded. I love that movie so much. Loved it's it. great. And you know what? You, if you've already seen it, what you need to do is Google the theory that it is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Because then your brain will bleed. I know. It's what? so what? On. You are laughing, but I'm telling you, Google it. This guy made a video about, and it's it will you'll go, yeah. oh my god, yeah. and you'll never think of it the same way again. It's crazy. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And oh I'm gonna play Dark Side right. of the Moon as well, yes. right? I gotta yeah. play Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> is that a TV show or is there a Snowpiercer two movie coming out? No, there's a TV show coming out. Either I think uh, I think on TNT. I think yeah. is uh, is doing the TV yeah. show. Uh, so that'll be interesting how they expand upon that and, uh -huh. and 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 play with the with the theme so that'll be kind of cool uh they usually do a pretty good job tnt does some does some some good stuff zombie land the first one is on your list as well love zombie land and <laughs> a lot of people when all this shit started to happen you know a lot of us have been waiting to see if you know zombies are the next thing but um uh this movie is just tremendous every step of the way yes mm -hmm. It's so yeah. fun. You Nut know. up or shut up. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah. right. Yep. And one of the one of the got to be one of the all time great surprise cameos. Oh I mean, yeah. Not a surprise yeah. now, but yeah. at the time, that was one of the all time best surprise cameos. Yeah. 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 And, and I, a meme uh, going around. There's uh, all the cast. Uh, uh, there's a still from the movie, and they're in the grocery store, oh, yeah. and the shelves are stocked with toilet paper. So the the meme is, "This isn't real. This has got to be fake." Because there's actually <laughs> in, the, in the grocery stores there. Loved it. Who do you think's gonna? Who do you think's gonna make? Who do you think? What what director do you think is gonna make this movie? Not this podcast movie oh. right here. Not this. This wow. about about this about what we're going through and what do you think, how is that going to affect people creatively and cinematically? Do you think there's going to be a, you know, everybody, I know the contagion went crazy yeah. on, on people's uh, uh, binge watch because they were saying like, this is, this is, you know, this, this kind of predicted it what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. So um, it, as far as you two are concerned, when you think of a director and somebody who could actually 
do a story like this justice and get behind the scenes of all of it and, and make it even, you know, cinematically more dramatic than it already is. I mean, who do you think that would be? Well, the first one that jumped to my mind was David Fincher. Um, mm, I, I, yeah. think be, I think it could be done by different directors taking different, uh, different approaches to it. But uh, that's the first one that jumped to mind. It going going dark, going very dark. Um, but I could see I could see someone doing uh, an absurdist comedy about it too. I mean, there's a lot of ways to approach it. Um, but that's the first one that jumped to mind. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be something that bleeds into pop culture for you know decades. Um, you know, I, I doubt anybody's going to make a good movie about it for 25 years because nobody made a good. Or two movies, twenty-five years. That would be a good, you know. I mean, it takes a while in context to um, tackle something like this. But yeah, I remember. I remember as a kid, uh, the the I think it was a, the miniseries, and they expressed caution, and because it was going to be disturbing, you know, about the uh, 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 the aftermath of, a, of atomic bombs yeah. or the, the what was the TV show? The, 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 the day after. Yeah, that was yeah the day after. Right. And that was like that was like something that, you know, was was cautionary in its yeah. in its scope and its theme. But but also was was, as, as I recall, was very well done at the time yeah. for what it was. And it was hard. But then again, I'm then then again. Uh, and, and Whitney told me to watch this. And then I, I recently watched Chernobyl. And that was gut wrenching uh, in its in its yeah. own realities as well. So I, how far away do you think we are from this being? moved over to because right now right now it's 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 real and we're living it mm -hmm. and 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 do you think we even want to see that no after having lived it no it'll be like the 9-11 movies that came out yeah 10 years after I, I i think what's going to happen is is you're already seeing it with again the the digital content that we're absorbing right now there's going to be in nine to 18 months all the people who said, "Oh, I wrote that script when I was in quarantine," or "I, you know, I wrote that record. I wrote all these songs when I was held up in in a in a cabin somewhere." I think there's going to be a creative renaissance here, not about the quarantine, but in, inspired or by uh, this by is true. Uh, right, this is true. I think a lot of music, a lot of books, a lot of a lot yeah. of things are going to come out of this yeah. because yeah. people are sequestered at home. You know, I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm working on something right now that's 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 inspired by the fact that this is happening, and, um, and so yeah, I get that. But as far as the actual subject matter itself, yeah. Well, you yeah. bring up Greg. You bring up a good point. You think of all the movies that about 9/11 that came out after that. So many of them were so heavy-handed, so yeah. forced. You had to go through those until you get to the ones that deal with it on, on a level that to me anyway, makes it so much more resonant that doesn't just beat you over the head with it. So a filmmaker, you know, I'm, I'm, even somebody like Lynn Ramsey, uh, who, who did You Never Really Hear and who did uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, who looks at things in a different way, not the, not the uh, hallmark of lifetime movie way. I want to see David Cronenberg do it. Okay. Oh, see, that's a good choice. That's an interesting. That's an interesting choice. I haven't heard much from him. I haven't. Not, really. not, not Tiki. Why? What? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. Uh, oh yeah, Tiki. That could that could be his follow up. But he said he quit making films. What's going on with that? I don't know what's going on with that. 
<laughs> he ain't quit. He just quit. He's, he's not done making films. I got, I got, I got to laugh. He goes, whatever it is, Dan Skinner, who was a, a, a previous guest when we first did our first uh, remote yeah. business. Yes, he goes, it'll go straight to co-video. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, pretty funny. That's pretty think, funny. Uh, well, TT's, he's he's doing the next Thor, right? Yes, yes. Right, right. Oh, he's gonna do a follow yeah. up for Ragnarok. Yeah. Right. Well, Natalie That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's right. Nice. Paul Anthony says it follows sleeper. That is creepy. Yeah, yeah. I, it, oh, yeah. it follows was good. Yes. Yeah, people are chiming in with some of their favorites as well. Um, great. We love that movie. Oh. I did too. That was that was that was creepy. Um, Twelve Monkeys was just on uh, regular cable the other night. I caught yeah. the last ten minutes of it. I've been doing a lot of that. You know, when I can't sleep at night, I'll go just to all my cable channels and I'll just channel surf. And I'm I'm watching like the last ten and twelve minutes of like so many movies that I've seen before and 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 some that I haven't. That and and yet. Then I'll click the info button to see what the basic description was. I go, okay, I got it figured out. But I've been doing that. I've been saying I caught the last yeah. ten minutes of Twelve Monkeys with uh, which 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 with Brad Pitt won a, uh, won a gold. Did he win? He got he got the Golden Globe for that. He didn't yeah. win the Oscar, but he got the. This Golden is Globe. this is my favorite Terry Gilliam film. I liked it better than Brazil. Wow. Uh, myself, but I I don't know. I, I'm kind of great. I I really love the way the look of it. I like the story. I like the. Yeah, the art direction, all that stuff. It's just a great film. Yeah, it is a great one. The one Did, thing that I, I most want to point out because no one saw it is The Survivalist, which is right. on Prime right now. We double checked. Um, it's it's very spare. It's so good. It's you know it's it's like it's like probably twenty years into the apocalypse, and this guy is just living in a cabin. He's growing some food. He just does what has to be done to to make it. And then um, he comes, uh, two women, an older woman, a younger woman, come and they just want to trade, you know, and, and, and things start to go wrong when he is no longer solely interested in what he requires to survive. He wants something that he wants. And it's such a fascinating just look at, at what you're willing, you know, I mean, about how your life can devolve when all you're doing is surviving. And then again, how dangerous it is to want something. It's such a great movie. So you shouldn't pursue anything in life. You should be happy with what you got because or, when you step outside and see other things, your life goes to shit. Is that what you're telling me? So stay in the house, Dean. Stay in the house. A little danger. What's that? Maybe life isn't worth living without a little danger. Yeah, that's right. True. Well, that's a that's a good motto. And uh, um, it comes at night. Was the other one you have on your list? Oh yeah, love that one. That was one of my favorites. It's very polarizing. Uh, people that saw it when it came out thought that they were sold a bill of goods by the trailer that didn't deliver what they thought they were going to get. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. It's very psychological uh, about a family, uh, sort of like the survivalist, a family that is surviving. And then they take in another family uh, once they deem them to not have the quote unquote infection. And they're uh, living together, trying to ride it out. And then paranoia sets in, who's sick, who isn't. Um, and I thought it was a, a real incredible dissection of human frailty. It also might hit a little too close to home. Yeah. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's interesting that it appeals to George's sensibilities from the psychological aspect that he mentioned oh, yeah, earlier, right? Okay. And, uh, uh, I don't want to say I'd be remiss, but there's some, I, I saw the, uh, 
the day the earth stood still the other night was uh, was uh, was uh, was on and i watched that when i when you talk about like you know i i was on with you guys on your podcast for uh bride of frankenstein i know you guys like some of the old yeah, yeah. classic yeah. black and white uh oh the so day, not Keanu you want the Robert, Robert Weiss yeah. version. Yes. Robert Weiss version. Yes, yes. The day the earth is still. And uh, it's interesting how, how movies like that from back then still kind of resonate now with everything that's going on because we are kind of at a standstill, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the, uh, on some level. Anyway, I know people are still going out and people are doing things. You can go to the grocery store, but, but, day-to-day -day living has kind of come to a somewhat of an emotional standstill in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. when I was watching that, it kind of resonated a little bit more than it did in previous viewings sure. from years past. So. I wanted to give my, uh, my uh, end of the world movie. Cause I think John, you probably have one too, don't you? Uh, uh, I never thought about it. Actually. Don't you say it. Don't say it. Don't what? Go ahead. Say it. Go ahead. Uh, say it. Children of Men. Oh, oh, right. oh, that's a great movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Children of Men. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought Hansberry was going to say Armageddon. And I Armageddon. was going to. I was like, no, no. No, no that's Slow Hero Walk at the End, man. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like those movies because they're like in the future, but only like. Yeah, near distant, like twenty years or whatever. We'd be like, shit. This could be dystopian. I can see this future happening in real life, like in World War Z, where they're building the walls around people and like there's the climbing all over that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Yeah. Let me before we go. And I handsbury. I know I'm late already, so I knew. But I'm trying. I'm trying to be somewhat conscious. Let me ask you guys a just a not a movie question. You know, I appreciate you being on this podcast again. You guys are always great oh, guests you. Yeah. and you always have great insights into everything. And I know you guys are surviving as, as, as best you can in this, in this new normal. But um, I, I'm kind of curious. I've been talking to my friends and I've been talking to my family as well. I mean, I was talking to a friend today who said that he is uncomfortably becoming acclimated to how things are right now and how we're living right now and how we're dealing with things. And that is truly becoming his new normal. So do you think we are forever changed moving forward? Or do you think we're going to get back to how we were when you were over at my house, sitting right across from me, you know, uh, talking about this year's Oscar picks or guilty pleasure movies or whatever the case might be. How do you, what do you guys think we're how it's going to be when do you, do you talk about it? Do you think, is it, you have children, you know, and you think about what their how their lives are going to be affected. Kids, I got my my friend Jamie's got small kids and that that are in Hansbury. You got your little ones who are going through this, who who are trying to comprehend it all, and on some level get what we feed them. You know, so we 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 spoon feed them to to not scare them, but to keep them aware of what's going on. What do you think? Yeah, it's uh, our son is in his twenties and he lives in L.A. So we've been. Uh, in contact with him and he's been a works in food service out there. So obviously he doesn't have any income right now. So that's a problem, but uh, it'd be a whole different ball game with small children. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a, a whole different one, but I think, boy, you can't help but be, but be affected by it. Uh, I think we're going to slowly get back to normal. What I found very interesting here lately, and you may have seen it, there's a, there's a piece going around and I forget who wrote it, 
a very well written piece about um, how we're going to be we're going to try to be convinced after this is over that it never really happened. That it, well, what I mean by that, or what he meant by that, is the things that we learn about ourselves just just forget them and let's go back to consumerism and go back to the way we were before because we're learning lessons here about what maybe isn't necessary and what maybe we don't need like we thought we did. And um, that can be detrimental to some interested parties who aren't going to want us to remember that. They want us to go back to the way we were. And I think in some ways, the longer this goes on, it can't help but affect us in, in long standing ways, don't yeah. you think? Do you think it affects us consciously or unconsciously? You know, um, I, I think probably both. Like one of the things I think about a lot, you know, I miss going to the movies. That's something yeah. that we do three or four times a week, right? And, and that's uh, something very simple in base. You you miss that. I do. Well, On the other hand, you know, I think about how much do I want to sit, even a year from now? Do I want to sit in a seat where hundreds of other people have been on the armrest where hundreds of other people have rested their arms? You know what I mean? With people crowding all around me, touching the same surfaces as everybody else. Like I'm, and I'm not, I've never been a germaphobe. I mean, I'm one of six kids. So, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking that to myself, like I'm, how hip am I going to be to this kind of shared space to that particular kind of very, and it's, and it's a thought you that never crossed your mind. Before. Six months ago, yeah, when you were sitting in that same movie theater, you never thought about the hundreds of people that sat in it before. Right. No. But now, yeah. so yeah, it it does consciously and unconsciously oh, yeah. change you. I've I've been asking that of a lot of friends and, and and family about you know how they think differently. My sister is somewhat of a of a germaphobe, always has been. Plus, uh, she, she also has some 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 other issues as well mm -hmm. that she needs to be conscious of what of what's going out there and and on there, but. Uh, uh, I, I find it uh, fascinating how how even some of my closest friends, some of them who are tuning in now, uh, are, are thinking twice about a lot of things. Myself and myself included. Uh, it's it, it's interesting. I went to the grocery store today, and uh, I I I did not have a mask on, but I had gloves on. I I, I had some some rubber gloves because, uh, and and I. It being in the grocery store felt eerie. Uh -huh. You know, I've never thought twice about you know going into a grocery store or any store for that matter, and 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 actually thinking and being consciously aware of of how far away I was from somebody while I was shopping. And I'm wondering, will that go away once this goes away uh, to a, to a degree, or is that is that going to be forever ingrained in my? I don't know. Yeah, I don't well, know because we we have a tendency to forget. Yeah. But think about, I suppose, the most earth-shattering thing before this would have been 9-11 that has happened to us as, as a collective person. And, and think about the changes to our lives that have come about since then. Um, and it became a new normal, even something like taking off your shoes at the airport. That's just the new normal now. Things Right. You don't think twice about that. Yeah. Um, and this is going to, to, I think, can't help but have long-lasting effects like that. Some we may not even realize yet that are going to come out of this when we when we finally get back to 
what we did before. It's it, you know, what I told our friend Dan Skinner, who's tuning in tonight as well. The one thing that I that I am glad about is that I and and uh, we discussed this on on that particular podcast. I'm glad I'm glad people are washing their freaking hands on a more regular basis. Just that alone, just yeah. for the sake of hygiene in general, moving forward. I mean, yeah. just that little thing alone. Like you know, uh, we'll do I, some I've good. even seen it thrown around that uh, like, uh, hey, let's do away with shaking hands. Do we need to shake hands anymore? Do we, you know? Let's just do away with it going forward. Um, maybe maybe that'll be maybe shaking hands will go away, and we'll just do the. We'll See, do that's hands. what Doctor Doctor Fauci says. Yeah, yeah do away with it. Yeah, do the bow. Yeah. <laughs> the Japanese do the bow, do the bow, the elbow, whatever oh. the case might be. Yeah. Can't go firm embrace, firm embrace, firm embrace. <laughs> so, I went Sopranos, the kiss on the cheek, you know. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, look, guys, I know Hansbury's going to, yeah, it's not, I'm going I'm to wrap it up before an hour and a half, Hansbury. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to wrap things up by saying uh, a big thank you. you to go. You're all to, right. To uh, the Hope Madden and George Wolf. Check them out on all their all their sites. The, uh, give us all the details. You got it at, at Mad Wolf. Uh, you also got the screening room. Uh, tell people how to get to that, and also Fright Club, and all the other things that people should be tuning into. Yeah, the two podcasts are wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, also, our main website is madwolf.com. And on Facebook, it's Madwolf Columbus, and also Madwolf Columbus on Instagram. Mm -hmm. All over the and world. It, and there are there are a regular feature on uh, ABC Six or Fox Twenty Eight. Yeah, Fox Twenty Eight. Um, we usually uh, it's been every Friday, but now since things are slower at the movie theater, it's every other Friday. But we're on Good Day Columbus at nine thirty on Friday mornings. Very nice, Chat, telling people about the movies. Uh -huh. So thank you. Good luck with tomorrow night's uh, live Vimeo. Thank and, you. Uh, enjoy that as well. So people tune into that at seven thirty. I also want to thank uh, my audio producer Greg Hansberry. Very well groomed this evening. Very well groomed. <laughs> You've got some business to share yeah, before we go once again. Uh, much like George said, uh, for Whiskey Business, of course, subscribe to Whiskey Business on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, iTunes, tune in, iHeart, uh, Facebook. If you're watching this right now, thank you. Share it uh, with your, your fans and friends. Um, Twitter, YouTube, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis and WhiskeyBusinessPod.com. And uh, with uh, John's help, we'll try to put some links to uh well first of all to, to all the georgian hopes uh stuff but maybe to some of these movies whether it's the imd page imdb page or something <laughs> uh, we can list uh list these out for you um it's uh i mean it's a cool list it's fun you know this is this is why we like having you on you know i, I think i saw one of the movies you guys talked about so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, and I've said it before, before I get to John Whitney, I've said it before, you know, we're doing the remote podcasting right now as, as a, out of necessity, but it's kind of had its, uh, its own entertaining blessings in disguise. You know, we've had people on recently, my friend, Michael Loftus, the podcast that's airing right now. Uh, we would have never had Michael Loftus on the show because he lives out in Los Angeles and New York city, but because he was able to come to us remotely. So you know, we're, we're kind of reaping as many benefits as we can. I think there's a lot of positive things that were never presented to us before that that we can take advantage of and, and turn into turn the negatives into a positive. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing, especially in the creative community. I think we're taking advantage of that and finding finding ways to, you know, 
to to make chicken salad out of bad chicken. So uh, whatever the case might be. Uh, Video-wise, John Whitney, who takes care of all the YouTube stuff. Thank you so much. Also, hey, no problem. This has been a lot of fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, also at the helm tonight with some great visuals. Thank you, Johnny. That's, uh, that, that's, that's what you do. Also, John Whitney and his brother Gil, responsible for Whiskey Wisdom. So, Fun little uh, whiskey quotes that I've written over the years that the Whitney boys have put on video for whiskey business that are a lot of fun. You can check all the previous ones out on YouTube and on our website, whiskeybusinesspod.com. Our guests have been George Wolf and Hope Madden. Our guest bottle has been JTS Brown. I may watch The Hustler tonight. And, well, I'm not going to finish this off. That would be... <laughs> you can do it! Come on! That would not be good. Um, but thank you guys so much for being a part of this tonight as well. You're always great guests. You always have great insights. I think you two combined uh, and separately, both what you do individually and together, are, are some of the best stuff out there as far as movies. You, you know your shit, and I'm glad that you share that shit with us. <laughs> thank you. Not, not, the, not the most eloquent ending to a podcast, <laughs> but, you know, but you know I meant it with love. So yes. continue to test with everything. All right, guys. Until, as I always say at the end of every podcast, the next bottle. See ya. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week, wherever you get your podcasts.